Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Today, we're going to carry on with the series Life in the Spirit. And today, we're going to go a little bit further about this person of the Holy Spirit, who he is, how he's compared to things in the Bible, and you know, to help us to understand how he works and, and um, who he is. So I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, please, to John chapter 14. And then we're also just going to read some verses from John chapter 16. It says in John 14 from verse 15, If you love me, this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth who the world um, cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him. You know this spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, for he dwells around you, but he will dwell in you. And now we're going to turn to John chapter 16 from verse 5. It says this, But now I go away to him who sent me, and yet you don't ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things, your, um, it says, uh, sorrow has filled your heart. However, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who we learned from John 14, is the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The helper isn't going to come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. However, in verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all the truth. He won't speak on his own authority, but uh, whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. As we carry on with this message today and, and in this series of life in the spirit, I want us to look specifically at four or five aspects of the person of the Holy Spirit. The first one is found in Luke and the third chapter. And it says this, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit, it descended upon Jesus in a, a bodily form, just like a dove. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. This first aspect of the Holy Spirit, that is the spirit of truth that's come as our helper, uh, he appeared on the life of Jesus Christ in the form of a dove. He didn't come as a dove, but in the form of a dove. The first way we're going to understand that the Holy Spirit is, is impacting our lives and comes to our lives is in the form of a dove. A dove speaks to me about so many things in the Bible. There are some bits in the Old Testament where it talked about you have to give sacrifices and the only birds you were allowed to sacrifice were doves or turtle doves. And it, it speaks of something really pure, really innocent. The Holy Spirit is a very pure spirit. Of course, he's, we understand Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So of course, there's absolute purity through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is no sin, there is no darkness, there is no evil in God at all. God is a good God, but the person of the Holy Spirit, when he came upon the life of Jesus Christ, when he was baptized in the Jordan, he came in the form of a dove, and it really speaks to me firstly that the Holy Spirit wants to come onto our lives in all innocence, in all purity. Um, a dove speaks of something really gentle, that, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't going to force 
himself upon your life. You know, I could laugh about this, but, you know, the Holy Spirit didn't come as a vulture in order to attack, in order to eat up and to, and to you know, be aggressive on our lives. But he comes as a dove. He comes really gently and, and the Holy Spirit, I've heard this said for years, that the Holy Spirit is really a gentleman. Um, and I know that can perhaps give the wrong idea as well. But, but, you know, it really speaks of the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to work with us. He doesn't want to come in and control. He doesn't want to come in, sort of have authority in some aggressive way. He wants to come in as gently as a dove. And I know that, you know, as we speak about the person of the Holy Spirit, perhaps some people are even a little bit nervous about this Holy Spirit. Perhaps they've heard people speaking in tongues and, and perhaps the more aggressive side of the life in the Spirit, which of course we're going to cover in this series and even today. But, but firstly, when the Holy Spirit came upon the life of Jesus Christ, the first way that he came was like a gentle dove. And the Father spoke and said, you're my son, I'm really pleased in you. And I just believe today, God wants us to have a real great understanding of the Holy Spirit wants to come as a dove, wants to come in a really gentle, not an, a, a controlling, aggressive way, but somebody you can trust, somebody that you know has got your best interests in heart. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to come and, you know, go to war in your life. He wants to come and settle upon your life. I think of grace when I think of the Holy Spirit. Thank God. God, that we can come to the throne of grace. I understand that God has all authority and all power, but I come to God because of his grace. He receives me because of his grace, and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives will be a work of grace. He doesn't come and condemn and, you know, there's other um, scriptures I'm going to be turning to over the week, um, over the weeks from, from, you know, different bits where it talks about the fact there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who don't walk in the flesh, but they walk in the spirit. You know what? There is no condemnation. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to come and condemn. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to come and be aggressive. The Holy Spirit wants to come and live and breathe in our lives and work alongside us, work in, in our cooperation with him. Of course, he has all authority and all power, but he comes as gently as a dove. He's not going to force himself upon your life to force you to be something that you're not. I know in the Bible, we see all sorts of examples where the Holy Spirit brings complete transformation into people's lives. But it's not a transformation that takes somebody that is one thing and turns them into something that they really are not. No, he cleans them up. He purifies them. He empowers who they are. You know what? Your life is a gift from God and a gift of God. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life, he wants to develop who you are, not destroy who you are. Of course, there are some things he wants to purify and you know clean up and all of that. But the Holy Spirit wants to come and work in us and through us by grace and with incredible sensitivity and incredible power along with that. So the first thing that we're going to understand about the Holy Spirit today is that he wants to come onto our lives as a dove. The second thing that he's compared to in the Bible and he comes and the Bible has so many uh, scriptures about this, we, we understand about the oil of the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit. That's an expression we'd use in the Bible, the anointing oil. 
the oil of the anointing of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If you come to a church like ours, you'll hear some of these expressions about, Lord, we thank you for your anointing and we pray for your anointing to destroy every yoke and remove every burden. Well, the anointing is not just a power, some spiritual power. He is the person of the Holy Spirit. And he's compared in the Bible to oil because, because oil speaks in the Bible of being set apart for a work of service or to be set apart and sanctified for a certain function. And it also speaks of the power of the Holy Spirit. It says in the Bible, doesn't it, about the anointing will destroy the yoke and remove the burden. So the oil of God is something which is about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And I'm so glad that he's come upon my life as gentle as a dove, but I'm also so glad that he is the oil that operates upon my life. He's the oil of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I think about King David. It says in 1 Samuel 16, it says, then Samuel took the horn of oil. Samuel was a prophet and he was about to anoint this little boy David, teenager David, as king over Israel. And it says that he anointed him with oil, which is a sort of an example of the Holy Spirit, and anointed him in the midst of all his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And you know what happened next? He went straight out and he defeated Goliath. Why? Because the oil of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the power of God came upon the life of David. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit can be oil upon our lives to empower us to walk this life and to live this life in authority and in victory. The third way that the Holy Spirit is often compared in the Bible is to a flood or to a stream or to, or to a flood of uh, water. It says in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39, it says, And on the last day, the greatest day of the feast, it says, The Lord Jesus stood and he cried out. And he said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow floods of living water. Not a little stream, floods of living water. You know, I've seen films where there's a flood or there's a, a tsunami. And of course, when they happen in the world, these things are devastating. But to see God, not as somebody who devastates the world, but as a flood of joy, as a flood of love, as a flood of life is a wonderful way to see the work of the Holy Spirit. It says, out of your belly, when you believe and you receive Jesus, out of your belly, out of your heart, will flow floods of life. By this, it says, this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would soon receive from the Father. At the start of today, we heard from John 14 where Christ said this. He said, I'm going to pray the Father. I'm going to pray to the Father and he will give you the Holy Spirit. And here we have in John chapter 7, he said, if you come to me and you're thirsty, then I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And we know that's an outpouring from the Father God. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and as a result, out of your life is going to flow floods of life. I think about the power of the Holy Spirit. I think about him being as gentle and as gracious as a dove. 
upon our lives, not forcing his way, but speaking and leading and comforting and helping. But I also think about what happens when the Holy Spirit gets hold of our lives as Christians. Something happens on the inside. He said to one lady in the Bible, he said, if you come and you drink of me, he said, there will be a well that springs up out of your heart that will never run dry. See, God wants to do something in our lives by the person and the power of the Holy Spirit to cause us to be in full flood, to cause something to flood out of our lives. I'm so glad I can go to God and I can receive grace and, and I can receive the presence of God and the anointing of God and forgiveness and, and all of those things. But I'm also very aware that by the person of the Holy Spirit that we're you know, discussing over these weeks, by the person of the Holy Spirit, He wants to be so real on the inside side of us that he's not just a theology he's not just a prayer we pray but he becomes a source of life a source of this flood of life that pours out from the inside of our hearts there's a, a Greek word in the Bible Z-O-E um, Zoe it's a, a great girl's name actually if we'd had a girl we were thinking of calling our daughter if we had one Zoe because it's such a powerful name there's something so powerful about names and that name, that word means life as God has it. Abundant life, the fullness of life. The Bible says God has given to us all things for life and for godliness, to experience life in all its fullness. The Bible says that the enemy, the thief, comes to steal, kill and destroy. But the Lord Jesus said, I have come to give you the abundance life in every area of your life. And that life is not just something external. God, by His Spirit, when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, He comes onto our life as a dove. He's poured onto our life as oil to empower us, but He's deposited. He lives, He breathes on the inside of us, and it becomes a flood of life from within us into our circumstances, into our minds, into our physical bodies, into every part of our lives. Just over the last few days, um, it started to rain. We haven't had rain for a long time. We've had quite a good year so far. <laughs> the sun's been shining. But the rain started. And we started to hear drip, 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 drip up in our loft area. And, you know, so I go up and one side of the, of the eaves there are absolutely drenched and water's dripping down. And so I poked my head out. We've got like a little opening on the side and I poked my head out and I had to take off all the tiles around there. It's, oh, oh, the fun, yeah, of, uh, of having a house. But anyway, so I took off all the tiles from around there and I found that there was a little area of just a tiny little piece of lead that had split and... It was getting everywhere. It drenched everything. We filled up, you know, so much. When it rained hard, it was pouring through. And it just really spoke to me, you know what, that water gets everywhere. And I know that was a bad thing because I had to mend it and put up some new lead and the, the tiles on and all this sort of stuff. But God's flood in our lives doesn't want to bring destruction, but he wants to get everywhere. He wants to get through into every part of our life. He wants to get through into our mind, our will, our emotions. He wants to get through into our finances. He wants to get through into our words. He wants to get through into our physical health. He wants to flood through into our families. He wants to flood through into the workplace. He wants to flood through into the 
into our society, through into the houses near us, the neighborhoods. He wants to flood through our lives. And you know what? If there is a flood coming out of our hearts, it gets everywhere. You know what? We can't help ourselves. Some people who encountered Jesus in the Gospels, they said, I can't help but talk about what I've seen. I can't help but talk about. There was one person, he said, you know, please don't go tell everybody. Jesus said, don't go and tell everybody because he was getting so squashed with all the crowds. And this person went off and said anyway. He couldn't stop himself because Jesus had healed his life or set him free in some way. And you know what? That's like the flood of life that comes out of our hearts. And I want to encourage us, obviously, as we receive the person of the Holy Spirit as the dove, he works in the most amazing ways in our lives by his grace. As we receive the oil of the Holy Spirit. He empowers our lives and we'll get onto that later in the series. But as he, you know, as he stirs up the flood in our lives, uh, you know what? He gets everywhere. He wants us to be speaking about him. He wants us to be influencing the world about him. He wants the flood of life that is on the inside of us to flood out into every experience we have, every circumstance we find ourselves in. There's a, a great part in the Bible, Ezekiel chapter 47. And um, it speaks about this incredible uh, flood of the Holy Spirit. And it says it begins where Ezekiel is just in this stream up to his ankles. Up to his ankles. And the first thing I think God wants us to do is to, is, you know, as we start to understand things about the flood of God's spirit in our lives. You know, we start off ankle deep, don't we? You know, we start off, it's a little bit, well, I've never been like this before. This is a new walk. It's a new way I'm living. Perhaps you've just given your life to Christ and, and it's like, well, I've never done this before. And I've, you know, perhaps you're in a church service. I've never raised my hands before. I've never, I've never prayed out loud before. Or perhaps I used to do this and I'm not doing that anymore because I've got, you know, the Holy Spirit on the inside that is saying, come on, clean your life up or whatever it is. And we walk a little bit differently. But as we go further in the river, I believe, you know, just like Ezekiel, he went from his ankle, he went up to his knees in the river. And the next thing God wants to affect in our lives is our prayer life. And he wants our prayer to start to be in a river, a bit of a flood of the Holy Spirit, that it's not dry, that it's not boring, but through the person of the Holy Spirit, it comes alive. And our prayer life becomes rich and it becomes a relationship with the Father where we're not just going through a prayer list, but we're communing with him and we're communicating with him. Uh, just the most amazing thing when the Holy Spirit starts to affect your prayer life, you know, it, in a bit of a flood. And then, of course, he goes in up to his waist. And I could talk about all these things, but he goes up to his waist. Then he goes up past his neck and he had to swim in the river. As we think about the dove and the oil and the flood of the, the streams of God, I think about the fact that I want to be up past my neck, really. I want to be in, I want to be absolutely immersed in the person of the Holy Spirit. This is in my daily life. I wanna, I wanna be excited about the Holy Spirit. I wanna embrace the Holy Spirit. I wanna pray in the Holy Spirit. I wanna sing in the Holy Spirit. I wanna be in full flood with the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's my prayer again, and I, I'm really passionate about this at this time as we're, as we're going through this whole season and the world doesn't know what's going on and, you know, economies going all over the place and families are isolating and all this sort of stuff. We have the flood 
of the person of the Holy Spirit who can carry us through every and any situation we find ourselves in. What's the fourth way that the Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit? Of course, it's the fire of the Holy Spirit. In the third chapter of Matthew verse 11, it says this, I indeed will baptize you with uh, water. This is John the Baptist speaking, but he who is coming after me is far greater than I am, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you. He will smother you. He will flood you. He will overwhelm you. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I love to think about the fire of the Holy Spirit. I like fires anyway. We got a fire pit in our garden. We built it when we put the patio there. We did this big circle and we got, we can put fire in there. And if we fill it up, I mean, this thing, you could probably signal to someone on the moon with the fire pit we've got. As we set it on fire, it can be really big and really hot. And I love fire. I think of the film Castaway and um, I think of Tom Hanks there when, you know, he's cast away on an island and he's trying to make fire and he eventually gets a spark because he hasn't got any matches. He's a castaway. He hasn't got a lighter or anything, and he makes fire. And then the next scene straight away, he's got this huge bonfire going. <laughs> it's massive, and he's dancing around it going, fire, fire. And I just love to think of the Holy Spirit as a fire. That's how he's spoken of. You know, you think back to the burning bush when God spoke out the middle of a burning bush. The bush wasn't being consumed but the fire was there. I think about um, when, and we covered this earlier in the year, when Elijah prayed and fire fell and consumed up all the offering. Fire fell from heaven. I think about the time they opened the temple and they prayed and they all bowed down and they all declared, for you are good. And the musicians played and the singers sang and people prayed and they gave offerings and sacrifices. And the Bible says the glory of the Lord filled the temple, but it says this, the fire fell. The fire fell. I think back in church history, I think it was the Hebridean um, explosion of a revival up there and just a little church up on a hill. And they were having a small prayer meeting up there and they prayed and prayed and prayed and were, were just really stirred about their city, about their village, about their town and they were praying. And I can't remember all of the details, but they came out at the end of the prayer meeting and they had encountered the presence of God in the prayer meeting. And they came out, and I think I'm correct in saying the whole town had come up to the church. They were on their faces, on their knees, around this little church why? Because the building was on fire. It wasn't consumed, but the fire of God fell and the city came to Christ. I think about the times in Acts chapter 2 when the church was born and it said they were all in one place. They were all together in agreement and they prayed and they were praying. You, 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 you see, Christ had said this, don't go anywhere and don't do anything till you've received power from on high and they were praying and I'm sure they were praying for boldness and they were praying for God to move and they were praying for power they were praying for God to show himself strong and the Bible says all of a sudden there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind it's another way though that the Holy Spirit comes as a breath but we'll come on to that another time but there was the rushing 
the sound of the rushing, incredible wind of God that filled the whole place where they were. And it says, fire fell, tongues of fire fell and engulfed each of them. And I know historically, and perhaps on some nice photo, not photographs, on you know, some nice oil paintings or something, you see a little, a little flame on top of, of someone's head, and that's an indication of what happened. I don't believe it. They were baptized. We've just read here they were baptized with fire. To be baptized means to be totally engulfed. When you're, you know, we have a baptism here, and when we baptize people, they're they're completely engulfed. They're completely made wet all over. It's not just a little, a little drop on the head. It's a, it's a total immersion baptism. And when, he, when the Lord here, it says that he baptized them with fire. It wasn't just like a little match on their head. It was a life encounter with the fire of God. And, and I've never experienced fire like that upon my life. But I know the Holy Spirit as a fire in my life. What does fire speak about? Speaks about the presence of God, God's glory. His fire fell so many times. He led them by a, a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud, but a pillar of fire. The fire falls and burns up all the offering. The fire comes and consumes. The fire comes. Why? Because the glory of God is released. And we serve a God of glory. And, and as we start to open ourselves up to the person of the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. He'll come as a dove. He will come as the oil of the presence of God to empower us and to, and to anoint us for service and for power and for authority in our lives. Absolutely. But he will come as the glory of God. He will come and he will set us on fire. His presence will fall. The other thing about fire is it comes in it and it's like a refiner's fire. You get something, you put it through the fire. Sometimes things are destroyed, but other times they're purified. And his fire in our lives and in the church of Jesus Christ brings a purity. When the Lord went up to the temple, it says he overturned the tables of the money changers and he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And then the kids come up and they give him praise. And then it says he healed everybody in the temple. Well, the first thing he did is he purified the temple. He got all the junk out. And it's as if he came then as a refiner's fire. And I believe the fire of the Holy Spirit wants to be at work in our lives at this time to clean some things up. Yes, he still comes as a dove. He doesn't want to come and, and, you know, cause chaos in our lives. He wants us to hear his voice, be led, you know, by his spirit. But he wants to come as a fire and perhaps he wants to destroy some of those things that are keeping us captive. He wants to pull down strongholds. He wants to set captives free. He wants to purify the gold that there is in our lives. You see, God's put incredible things on the inside of your life. And sometimes those things need to be purified. Sometimes those things need to be refined to be all that God wants you and I to be. And that's his fire at work in our lives. So he comes and it's his presence. His fire is his presence. He comes and his fire is the purity of God. And it comes, the fire comes and fire to me speaks as well of incredible passion. 
The Apostle Paul said, I'm struggling with the energy that works on the inside of me, the person of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm so passionate about the things of God. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. If somebody encounters the Father, if somebody encounters the Son and encounters the Holy Spirit, there's going to be a fire that starts to stir on the inside. The Bible says, come on, fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame. Let the fires of God burn again. You know, to be passionate for God, to be passionate for the church of Jesus Christ, not casual about, oh, shall I go to church? Shall I be a part of this? Shall I, shall I be a part of a small group? Shall I go to the prayer meeting? Come on, there's a fire on the inside that God wants to stir up, that God wants us to fan into flame. He wants us to be passionate about leading people to Jesus Christ and turning our world upside down as we're praying and we're saying, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Come upon our lives like a dove and like the oil to empower us and, and like a flood that this life affects every part of us and floods out into our circumstances. I believe he wants us to be on fire to turn our world upside down, on fire to pray big prayers that says, come on God, come and turn our world upside down. Flood the city of London with your presence. Do something in me today that says I give my life for a cause the cause of Christ, a fire on the inside that says I'm not going to be casual about my Christian life, but I'm going to live on fire, stirred up, wholeheartedly committed. The Bible says of, of the man King David or the, or the little boy David before he was king, it says I found somebody who's wholehearted. He's, he, he's got this incredible attitude that says he's wholehearted for God who will do all the will of God. You see, before David, David was ever anointed with oil. He had a fire burning on the inside of him. And these things aren't in order. And I'm not trying to preach it. First the dove and then the oil and then the flood and then the fire. I want the Holy Spirit in every way that he wants to be poured out upon or within my life. You know what the Lord Jesus Christ, he did this. It says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit on that day came as a dove, as the oil, as a flood, and as a burning fire. Friend, will you receive the Holy Spirit today? In the rest of the series, we're going to find out about praying in tongues, and we're going to find out about, about hearing the voice of God, and all sorts of different things. But friend, will you be hungry for the person of the Holy Spirit today? God wants to breathe into your life right now. He wants to breathe in life the person of the Holy Spirit. Of course, if you've said yes to Jesus Christ, of course He's there. Of course, you've already received Him. But friend, this is not just a theology. This is a, this is a passion and a hunger. This is a fire that God wants us to fan into flame. We're going to find out in the weeks to come that, that even if somebody was filled today, they were filled again tomorrow. And then they were filled again next week. Something happened so powerfully on the inside that every day was like a new day with the person of the Holy Spirit. Friend, will you be hungry for God? Will you stir that passion, that flame on the inside? We have incredible opportunities this week to turn our world upside down. And he wants to do that through the person of the Holy Spirit. I also want to ask the question today, have you ever received Jesus Christ as Lord of your life? 
I know today I've been speaking about the person of the Holy Spirit and how he impacts our lives, but the first step is to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. The Bible says you must be born again. One, one man asked, asked Jesus, he said, you know, how can I get to heaven? And Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. He said, what does that mean? Do I, you know, do I go back through the birthing experience again? He said, no, 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 no. Something needs to happen on the inside of you when you are born of the Holy Spirit. Then he talked about the Spirit, you know, just like the wind, it, it sort of goes here and there. We don't see it. We can feel the effects. That he spoke of the Holy Spirit. And you know what he said? The Holy Spirit needs to do a work in your life to give you a brand new life on the inside. And friend, that happens as you say yes to Jesus and say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? I humble myself. I repent of my life. I turn away from the way I've lived. I give you my life. Come and fill my life. Be Lord and Savior. Jesus died on a cross, not to just create a, an Easter service or a, or a Good Friday experience and an Easter Sunday experience. He died on a cross in order to take out an old dead heart from each of us and put in brand new life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friend, it happens as you pray a prayer. For me, that happened October the 8th, 1984. For you, it can be today. I believe the Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart saying, come on, will you let me in? Will you let me into your life? And how do you do that? You do that through praying a prayer and by handing your life over to the good heavenly Father who loves you and who sent his son to die for you. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. I'm gonna to pray a line, then you pray a line. You repeat it after me to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you demonstrated your love through sending Jesus to die on a cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you as my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. Thank you for eternal life. Friend, if you've just prayed that prayer, I believe that you're now a Christian. God has done a work in your life by the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be other uh, steps to take. We, we, you know, encourage you to get a Bible and to pray. And if you're in this area, why don't you come down to Citygate Church? It's important to find a church where you are. But friend, it's the start of a new life where God wants to speak to you and to lead you and strengthen you and guide you through the person of the Holy Spirit. Friend, God bless you. Thank you all for watching this week and we'll see you next week for the next part of this series on life in the Spirit.